CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now in OA, the notable moves in the options market on this final week of 2022, from a ride-sharing giant to an EV infrastructure play to a name leverage to the housing market. We'll trade all the action coming up. Plus, pick the time frame, one year, three year, five year. We'll break down a Dow component that's been a dog for quite some time. Can this pharmacy giant flip the script in 2023? And later, one of our traders with a bullish way via Warren Buffett to bet on the banks before the banks kick off earnings season. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Options Action. We're live at the NASDAQ market site on the desk tonight. Mike Coe, Brian Sutland, and special guest, Guy Adami. Let's get right to the name, seeing the most options action this week. Among them, Amazon, Lyft, Southwest, T-Mobile, and ChargePoint. As for ETFs, ARK Innovation, medical devices, and corporate debt, seeing big, big trades here. But let's start off with Lyft here. Shares are down nearly 75% this year. So, Mike, what has the uh, action been here today? Yeah, you know, we saw the stock hit its uh, lows for the year on Wednesday, and then it has bounced really hard, and we saw a lot of bullish activity going on in Lyft. We saw a purchase of 50,000 of the January 11, 12 and a half call spreads uh, earlier this week, making a bullish bet, uh, risking about 50 cents or so uh, on a bet that this thing could get up to about 12 and a half by uh, January expiration, which is three weeks from today. And I, I think what's going on here, this is an interesting case because 2023 is going to be a really important year for Lyft. It's going to be the first year where the company is going to see both positive uh, earnings and positive free cash flow. At least that's what the street expects. And if it does, we're looking at a company that's trading 13 to 14 times forward if it gets to that $300 million in net income. Brian? Yeah, I think one thing to keep in mind here, uh, Lyft earnings February 8th. So I'd be playing February options. Maybe if, if the stock is going to move higher, and this seems like a very bullish bet to me, the way it's structured. I would use call options in February to play to the upside. Remember, the last three quarters, it's moved over 16% in either direction after earnings. So huge moves, and that's why calls make more sense for that kind of volatility play to the upside if you're going to trade it to the upside. Guy, are you optimistic about Lyft? I am, actually. I mean, you can make a case for Lyft on valuation, as Mike just said. I mean, they're trading basically at one-time revenue. It's been beaten up all year, and 23 could be a year where they surprise some people. So... You're finally seeing, I think, some positive momentum out of management. I think they've figured it out. And if they can get just a little bit of tailwinds, I think this is a stock that, you know, I think it could surprise you early next year. All right. Now let's get to ChargePoint. This is one of the biggest movers in today's session after an SEC filing revealed uh, QGRG investment partners bought more than 1.4 million shares of this EV charging tech maker. Uh, Mike? Yeah, the options trade was actually even bigger because there was a purchase of 46,500 of the Feb 10 calls. That represents 4.6 million shares of the stock. This one, too, bouncing off of its 52-week low. And it's interesting because that Houston-based company was originally founded to make uh, investments in the upstream energy space, oil and gas. So they're obviously pivoting now to sort of a more forward-thinking green energy play here. Guy? CTO resigned recently. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. I mean, they really, there haven't been a lot of positive catalysts here in an environment where they're 
pretty much should have been. So I see Mike talking about the calls, people buying at 10 bucks. To me, it's a bit of wishful thinking at this point. All right, now let's get to a couple of ETFs with big options, and they're both tied to corporate debt. Let's take a look at LQD and JNK. Both have been impacted this year as corporate bankruptcy rates have been on the rise. Uh, Mike, what'd you see? Yeah, Jan 87 puts in JNK, which is the lesser known of the high yield bond ETFs. LQD was the one that actually saw the much bigger trade. It was a purchase of 42,000 of the April 95.87 put spreads. Now, put things in perspective, that would hit levels uh, basically not seen since the credit crisis. So some big bearish bets there. LQD, just as a reminder, does have some duration to it. Brian. Yeah, to the duration point, LQD, about nine years of the duration. But it's weird. The top 10 holdings, there are some names in there, AT&T, Boeing, that's all the way out 30 years. So it's kind of a weird play. I think this option trade is more of just a, a protective put spread, so to speak, in case rates at the 10-year goes to four and a quarter percent. Somebody's putting this put spread on to sort of protect the downside in the bond move in that certain scenario. So to me, that makes sense because this type of ETF isn't my most favorite one to play fixed income. So if I'm going to make a bearish bet, it's going to be in an ETF like this in terms of the bond market. Yeah, rates going to four and a quarter percent don't seem too far off, Guy, at this point. No, and I know you have a memory like an elephant. And if you recall on the CNBC's Fast Money, 5 o'clock each day, coming up, by the way, to our 16th year, we talked about HYG potentially being the most important chart in the market. So these things, to a certain extent, mirror that. And I still think lower in all, in all three of them, when you include HYG, I would also submit that whatever behind Brian's left shoulder, that artwork is fantastic. It looks like a large <laughs> squid or something, Melms. It does. It does look like a jellyfish, maybe. Brian, what is that? Can you shed some light before we move on? Well, when you're in South Florida, a little vacation uh. right before the New Year's to celebrate, get some warm weather out of the cold of Chicago. Uh, I don't know. It's something artsy there to you know represent the area, I guess. It makes more sense if you're in Florida. I thought you were in the Chicago area, and that made no sense whatsoever. Let's no. get to China here. We are seeing the end of COVID zero and a major reopening today. Russian President Vladimir Putin inviting Chinese President Xi Jinping to make a state visit early next year. The iShares China large cap ETF, the FXI, has been a big winner of late, up more than 30 percent. Mike, what'd you see? A buyer of 30,000 of the Feb 3032 call spreads is what we saw, betting that the move that we've seen recently can continue. And we're going to see this thing up maybe another 10 to 15 percent by February expiration. Brian? Yeah, we've been seeing these call spreads trade quite frequently. Anytime there's like a pullback in FXI, it seems like somebody comes in and buys these call spreads, at least over the last few weeks. So it's interesting that they play this. Some resistance up around that. 33, 34 level. So it makes sense that it's just a call spread and you're capping your upside here. Maybe this is just a cheap way to sort of play the upside if that momentum continues that way. All right. Well, um, as much as we appreciate Guy Adami gracing us with his presence tonight, we all miss Carter Braxton Worth. He says that he is indeed sorry he couldn't make it tonight. He was one of the many caught in this week's storm travel mess, so that's why he's not here. But he does send New Year's wishes. He says, Happy New Year, team. See you next week on set. Here's to prosperous 2023. But he also sent a postcard trade from the road, highlighting gold bullion, as he says it is clearly serving its purpose in a year when it was all but proclaimed dead as a hedge by the crypto crowd and others. Just in the past half hour, Guy, you did say metals, including gold. Yeah, I'm with Dubs on this one. I'm sorry I got mm -hmm. caught up in that maelstrom of U.S. travel. But I will say that if you look at what central banks have done this past year in terms of buying 
the physical metal and you couple that with central banks seemingly pushing their alarm buttons in terms of their currency and their bond markets, I think that all leads to gold. And I think gold probably put in a decent little double bottom. So I'm with CBW and gold in the new year. I would stay with it on the long side, Melms. Still to come, believe it or not, we've got a handful of significant earnings reports next week. After the break, Mike is outlining option strategies for Walgreens and ConAgra. And for everything Options Action, check out our website and our newsletter. Much more Options Action right after this. Calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. We are taking a first look ahead to some big earnings reports to kick off the new year. First up, Walgreens Boots Alliance, a pharmacy retailer, just closed out its second worst year ever. But Professor Coe says a new year and Thursday's earnings report could bring new opportunity for profit in this beaten down name. So, Mike, what are you looking at here? Yeah, so we're looking at one of the dogs of the Dow. Walgreens Boots actually is a constituent of the Dow and it underperformed the market this year. But they do have earnings coming up and a couple of reasons why it might be worth taking a look at. The first is this is a company that actually did a pretty good job of effectively managing their way through the pandemic. And obviously, for a company like that, that was going to be quite a challenge. It is at a fairly cheap valuation right here as well, trading uh, in the low double digits in terms of uh, price to earnings. Part of the reason for that, of course, is that there is a bit of an overhang in the form of liability that some people expect some of these companies to be exposed to related to uh, the opioid crisis. However, going into earnings right now, the options market implying about 4% move. That's in line with its long-term historical average move. I think the way to play this on sort of a low-risk basis is to take a look at a calendar call spread. I was looking at the January-April calendar call spread laying out about $1.17 to purchase those April 40 strike calls and then sell the January 40s against it. Uh, The reason for selling those near-dated calls, of course, the fact is that those options premiums are slightly elevated. And this isn't one of those names that moves a whole lot. And because of that overhang, I'm not expecting a really sharp move to the upside because their earnings are not really going to be releasing any information about that liability overhang. Brian, you like this trade? Yeah, I do, actually. And it's even an interesting trade if you want to sort of leg into that spread that Mike talked about, where you buy the back month April call, let's say, to play to the upside. And if you see the stock start to drift higher into earnings, maybe you then go ahead and sell that January upside call after the earnings play. Hope that option goes out worthless. I do think there's some resistance in the stock on the upside. So can it blow through, let's say, 45 or whatnot? Probably not likely. And so that's why Mike is probably selling that Jang call against his April sort of to finance the April call. And Walgreens is a, is a stock that's been in our near top quartile. We, we kind of shied away from it all year because we're sort of removing ourselves from consumer discretionary. But maybe if the market starts to rally into the new year, this is a stock that moves with it and, and the earnings you know, does well and moves to the upside. Guy, your thoughts on the stock? 
Uh, Cowan upgraded the stock a month ago, $54 price target, and they cited all the things that Mike and Brian just talked about, somewhat being in the rearview mirror. That coupled with the wild card that I think the market doesn't really, uh, I don't think, I think they underestimate the genius of Roz Brewer, the CEO there who came from Starbucks. I think she's brilliant. And I think if anybody can turn this thing around, it's her. The stock has been awful, but I think 2023 could be a year where WBA surprises a lot of people to the upside. Mike, last word on this. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is one of those things. I mean, typically you want to play these sorts of dogs of the Dow strategies when you have these down kinds of years. You know, if we were on an up year right now, we had a lot of stuff that was winning, I'd probably try to stick with it. And actually, one of the winners is one of the names we're going to be talking about next anyhow. All right, let's get to it then. Um, it's one of the rare bright spots in this market. We're talking about Conagra. It outpaced the S&P 500 by 33% this year. The name behind brands like Hunt's, Pam, Slim Jim, Guy's favorite snack, uh, Orville Redenbacher reports results on Thursday. And Mike Coe says the good time should keep rolling in 2023. So what are you going to do, Mike? Yeah, break out the popcorn for the packaged foods business. You know, even despite the big rally that it saw, I mean, think about this. This thing outperformed the S&P by better than 30% for the year. It's got a very attractive dividend and still trading at a very reasonable multiple. And look, I don't think we're completely out of the woods. So value, I think, is an attractive place to be. This is a recession-resistant company. It's got better than 3% dividends trading in those low double digits. And we've, of course, seen that outperformance. And, you know, you want to hang on to the things that are working. This one is working. Now, the interesting thing here from the trading perspective, this being an option show, this is the kind of company that I might often try to recommend something like a buy right. A buy right is when you buy the stock and then you sell upside calls against it. Two things I would mention about that, though. They have earnings coming up. I don't generally favor doing covered calls right before you have a catalyst that could propel the stock higher. The second thing is when you have a high dividend, that discounts those upside calls somewhat relative to put. So you're going to collect a little bit less premium. That's justified, but that's just something to be aware of. And also, you need to focus on when these stocks go ex-dividend. So believe it or not, I think the simple thing to do, if you own it, hold on to it. If you don't, I think you can just buy the stock here. Just buy the stock, says Mike Cohen Options Action. Now, I like this because Mike walked through all the reasons why you might want to do it, not do an options trade on this. Brian, do you agree? Well, I, I mean, you, playing options, obviously, is always in my forte in sort of playing volatility. And with the VIX where it's at and volatility where it's at, it's come down quite a bit. And so anything where you're playing to the upside, I like owning calls at this point, and that might be sort of a way to play that to the upside. Uh, you know, something like Conagra in the consumer staples area, we've still stayed more large cap value-ish kind of play for clients and strategies and our, and our hedge equity strategy. So I still like that in terms of the stock. We haven't really turned the table yet in the S&P 500 to say, hey, I want to get more growthy here. So the, you, the couple things going for you. One, Conagra lines up for that. And two, I like using options. I like using maybe a call option to play the upside because options are relatively cheap in, in most cases and in most instances in the indexes and individual equities right now. Guy, do you like Conagra? <laughs> well, since you mentioned Slim Jims, I will say I've never had one. I will say there's a great scene in Trading Places with Eddie Murphy that talks about what beef jerky does to one of the participants. I digress. I do like Conagra. Here's the problem. Morgan Stanley just put a $45 price target on it. I don't know if our crack staff back in EC can do this at this late hour, but it was February of 217 that this stock topped out around 42. So either we're going to be going blowing through that level, we're going to make the double top of all time. 
I would submit you wait and see how it plays out and trade it from there. I cannot believe you've never had a Slim Jim. I feel like you're one no. of a handful of no, people listen, Melvin, in the United States of America who've never experienced a Slim Jim. You, how long have we known each other? Long time. Forever. You know my constitution. What do you think a Slim Jim or anything in that family of foods would do to me, would wreck me? I'm not going to say this because I'm sure people at home are, might be eating dinner. Um, so I don't want to talk about those kinds of things. But I thought maybe before your constitutional problems, you might have tried one. But I guess not. I see. I see. Good point. Up next, our featured trade from Brian Stutland, how to prepare for the start of earnings season, the first one of the new year. Options Action is back in just moments. Welcome back to Options Action. Our featured trade tonight comes to us from Brian Stutland. So what are you planning for the new year, Brian? Yeah, I think what I'm looking at is the financials here. In a couple of weeks, we have a lot of the big banks reporting, J.P. Morgan, uh, Bank of America and whatnot. But one thing that we've done is in this environment where the yield curve has been inverted for so long, big banks tend to lag. So we've sort of shifted either into insurers as part of the financial weighting or a stock like Berkshire Hathaway. It's a stock here that I really like. They tend to have a big portfolio. Other than their Wells Fargo, most of their portfolio is playing sort of this inflationary environment. And it's a stock that's held up pretty well over the last year for that reason and really hang on to that $300 level here. And so with option prices like I just talked about before, relatively cheap, I'm looking at the Gen 310 call. It was trading about 550 earlier today. The stock sort of ran up into the close, so it might be a little bit more expensive come Monday, but right around $5.50. That's a break even of 315.50. It's not very expensive. It's about 1.7% premium relative to the rest of the stock. So it's pretty cheap. I think the market is going to make a big move out of the new year. We've had a lot of consolidation in the S&P around this 3850 level or so back and forth, and it's really getting ready to spring one way or the other. If Berkshire sort of holds on to this $300 level, I think it's got room to run all the way up to 320. And the reason why using calls is I'm only risking the premium on the call. We break 300, the market heads lower, Berkshire's going to probably go with everything else. And so that $300 level is really a key level for the stock. And I only want to outlay the call premium rather than own a stock like this. So it seems like a pretty cheap play to the upside and a stock where that plays very well in an environment that's not so great for big banks. But I still need to own some sort of financials in my portfolio. Guy, your thoughts on Berkshire? It's, you know, it's Friday and I'm going to digress again. But it's interesting that Brian said come Monday because that's a great song by Jimmy Buffett, who, by the way, is related to Warren Buffett. And if you look at the sell-off we've seen in Berkshire B since March, it's basically the same one we saw back in January 20 into the spring. Every time the stock has sold off to that magnitude, it's been a tremendous opportunity to get long again. So I happen to like not only the song come Monday, which is nice little ditty, but Brian's option trade here. Mike, your take on the trade? I think we have Monday off, but we, we bought do. Berkshire in late June in our fund. And I think we talked about it on this show in late October, if I'm not mistaken. And it's up about 7% since then. And 7% is not enough for me to be, go from buyer to seller. So uh, I'm with Brian on this one. I'd be long Berkshire into the new year. Brian's just confused because he's already off. I mean, he's in South Florida <laughs> enjoying the squid painting. Um, your last, last word, Brian, on this trade. 
Yeah, it's, uh, Tuesday is going to be the day when things happen and shake up again. So obviously, but Berkshire to the upside, it's, it's an alternative way to play financials. I still want to own some financials in my portfolio. It's one that we've continued to own and overweight. And so this is a nice, cheap way to play to the upside. All right. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take some tweets. Our first fan asks, what is your biggest macro trend to watch for 2023? Mike, what would that be for you? Wage inflation is what follows price inflation. And I think that's actually going to compress corporate earnings somewhat. But the good news, if there is any that comes out of that, is that that at least keeps the floor underneath real wages. And maybe that keeps us out of a recession. Brian, uh, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, the macro environment, we just got to watch interest rates here. If they continue to tick tenure above 4% or whatnot, that's going to be spelled trouble. And watch the LQDs, HYGs of the world. If they turn south, that's going to be very bad for the market. So heads up on that. Otherwise, we're clear to the upside. All right, let's get to our next tweet here. Uh, do you think Apple can come down to 100 where it starts to fill the gap? Uh, Brian, what do you think? Well, we have some smart followers because, yeah, there are some gaps to fill down there. 120 is a key level of support. If I was thinking maybe Apple goes down there, maybe like a 120, 105 put spread I'd want to own. But down at 100, you're talking about a forward P of 15 on Apple. That is super cheap. Uh, I own this for clients. And so if it gets down there, I really want to own it. So I'm not certain we get down there. But if the market turns south, it's going to definitely fill some gaps down there. Very smart follow right here. All right, here's another one. What is your suggested play on Tesla going into the first month of the year, especially for those that are not averse to ending up long in the stock? Mike, what would that be? You know, I would probably be inclined to pay with calls. I have to tell you, though, they're pretty expensive. So look to work into spreads if you do that. All right. Uh, Guy, just quickly. A lot of smart people think it's got a lot lower to go that includes Danny Moses of the big short fame. So I'm in the Danny Moses camp. All right. It is time for the final, final call of 2022. Brian Stellan, first of all, thanks for joining us tonight. What do you say? Yeah, love it. Berkshire Hathaway, Gen 310 calls Brian. Guy, thank you as well for joining us. What will I, be your final call? I am, happy for, I am happy for our friendship, our continued hopeful success with CNBC's Fast Money and Options Action and the entire team. Mike Coe. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.